<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Straight ahead on The Insiders, the last time we saw him here, Bill Weld was Libertarian Gary Johnson's running mate for the 2016 presidential election. These days, Governor Weld's a Republican again. He's trying to beat the Republican president. So he'll join us on why he is doing this and where he thinks he'd make a better president. Speaking of the president, his trade war with China means China is not buying any of Iowa's agricultural products these days. So Iowa's governor will join us on how she thinks this situation needs to get better and how fast it has to happen. And then the Insider's Quick Six, taxes and whether it makes any difference whether we know where politicians earn their money and how much taxes they pay. Welcome to the Insider's First. Let's do a little update our totally unscientific but always interesting way we measure what you're thinking. We hold it every year, as you know, at the Iowa State Fair. So here's what it looks like so far. Here are the top three Democrats. Joe Biden's been in first throughout the fair so far. He has about a quarter of the votes that have gone to Democrats. Then it's Warren and Buttigieg. The next trio here, we have Harris, the only other one in double digits. Then it's Sanders and Booker after that. Trailing them, we have Gabbard with 4%, then it's Klobuchar with 3 and a three-way tie here at 2% with Yang, Steyer, and O'Rourke. You can see the full results at WHOTV.com. Now, it's not close on the Republican side. President Donald Trump with 97%. Our next guest, Governor Bill Weld, has 3%. Governor is the former governor of Massachusetts. He was a Libertarian nominee for VP back in 2016. He's now running for president again this, uh, running for president as a Republican. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Dave. My All pleasure. Right. Why are you doing this? I'm doing it because I think the country is kind of out of sorts. You know, I'm a relaxed guy. I'm comfortable in my own skin. I've been around government, including in Washington, for quite a while. Uh, and I think we need to unify the country. The country now is not unified. Uh, the president, Mr. Trump, uh, makes a point of uh, trying to sow division between various elements of society, and that's not good for social cohesion. So I think. Unifying the country is number one. I think a bipartisan cabinet would be a good start. I probably would institutionalize reaching across the aisle in Washington, same way I did in Boston, by having weekly meetings with the Democrats and myself and my Republican lieutenant governor. And it's, you know, it's harder to stray too far afield from a decent relationship if you know you're going to be seeing the person within the next seven days having tea and cookies in the afternoon. Uh, let's talk about a couple of the issues. Uh, we've been watching this immigration, as you have, I'm sure. We saw this uh, big ice raid in Mississippi this past week. We had those here a couple of years back. Uh, is this the right way to go about this? No, no, it's too high drama, really. Immigration doesn't need to be a top-of-mind uh, issue. The president has made it such. Uh, you know, he started on day one uh, taking off against Muslims, and now it's taking off against anybody from another country. He says... Uh, you know, I'm a nationalist. Uh, well, that, you know, a nationalist is someone for whom, you know, hating the other guys is more important than, uh, than loving your own country. A patriot is what they call someone who loves their own country and, and the people who's in it. So I don't buy this nationalism uh, uh, notion from the president at all. I think he's trying to divide everybody to kind of soften them up because I think his end game really is uh, kind of a power grab, uh, a move in an autocratic direction, which he talks about from time to time. Wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to have elections? But if these folks broke the law to get here, 
Should they be allowed to stay? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm all for doing what the law requires. I just don't think you need to do it with machine guns rattling and, you know, the, pr the prototypical tearing children out of the arms of their mothers. No, he wants it as high profile as possible. Uh, it's typical of his politics. He has a one-word uh, program here, which is wall, like his, uh, his program for uh, carbon emissions, one word, hoax. Uh, as though the polar ice cap is not going to melt if we have, uh, you know, two degree increases Fahrenheit every year uh, in the next 10 years. It is going to melt and it's going to be a disaster around the world uh, in terms of, you know, rearranging our shorelines and all the, all the uh, mountain glaciers melting. It's going to have enormous impact, not on my generation, but on the millennials. And I think the president even divides us by generation in that the millennials, they're going to pay the bill for these trillion dollar uh, deficits every year, and they're, they're going to pay the bill for climate change, so-called. Uh, you've been very critical of him uh, since the shootings in El Paso. Those were, from all accounts that we've seen so far, that uh, that man targeted people of Mexican descent and uh, when he was shooting up the Walmart. Uh, you have uh, said the president is partially to blame for this by the way he talks. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I mean, you could draw a direct line from the manifesto that, the, that guided uh, the El Paso shooter to President Trump's handbook. If you remember the first week uh, in office, uh, the Mexicans, they're rapists, uh, they're murderers, uh, they're gonna, and what he's really trying to make people think is some brown person is gonna come across the southern border and take your job and maybe harm your wife. He wants to stimulate fear and resentment, and uh, that's the last thing we need in this country. You could also uh, draw a fairly short line from the tweet of Katie Hopkins, who's a, a British uh, right-wing anti-immigrant commentator. So the president tweeted her twice, twice, two hours before the shooting in El Paso. So don't tell me that's coincidence. What do you, when you look at these polls, which I'm sure you've studied here, why are Republicans 80 to 90% supporting the president? Well, if you take a poll trying to predict next year's uh, Republican primaries in February, March, and April, of 2020, and you ask, uh, you know, the members of the Republican State Committee, they're 100% for Trump because they're the Trump organization in each of the 50 states. So I like to go hunting where the ducks are. I'm an old upland bird and duck hunter. And, uh, you know, I think the, uh, the ducks reside in enlarging the electorate of those who will vote in the Republican primaries and the Republican caucuses and get people who are independents interested in taking a role. I sometimes say to Democrats uh, in the 20 crossover states, uh, look, uh, if you're not for Mr. Trump, you can vote against him twice, once in the Republican primary, because you know that vote is going to come out of his hide, and another one uh, in the final, if you're going to vote Democrat, then it will have sorted itself out so you won't be guessing as to who the nominee is going to be. I'm getting traction with that in New Hampshire. You're a student of politics, so you know how New Hampshire's primary works, you know how Iowa's caucuses works. To work to do that here to really run a campaign you have to organize like crazy right are you committing right. to that well i i was very active in in both romney uh, campaigns eight and twelve and i was right with mitt when he felt stung by mike huckabee coming in and uh beating him at the wire uh, but he or huckabee organized like crazy oh i know he did i know he did and he had uh he had a great touch with very many people here uh, you know, I'm, I'm committed to doing uh, the necessary to the extent I can. It's, it may become a question of uh, resources that matter of degree, essentially. My number one goal, even though it's, you know, Rick Santorum had very few, very few resources in 12. Right. He did great. 
Well, one. Rick and I get along very well. I think he's a good, uh, sincere, honest. Well, you uh, could get candidate. a pickup and just drive yourself silly across the state with little money, right? I don't know. That's a little better for me. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the focus is New Hampshire, but be competitive here, or what? Yes, that's right. That's right. And where's your? What's your? <clears throat> What's your real big pitch to these Republicans? Your whole concept is to kind of grow the pie here, right? It is. Millennials, women voters, I think these uh, anti-abortion, anti-reproductive rights statutes that have been passed in the South and Midwest are uh, just horrific. We say to women, look, you get raped, uh, you're on your own. You've got to bear that child. And they don't say anything about the rapist. You know, they say a doctor who performs an abortion, some of them 99 years in prison, so how about 99 years for the rapist uh, if he doesn't uh, provide full child support for the father he sired? I bet that's going to change the rapist's point of view in a big, big hurry. So uh, I think those laws really treat women like chattel and carriers. Uh, and I think they're really uh, offensive. Uh, and so I, I hope to enlarge uh, the percentage of women voting in the Republican primaries, not just suburban women, women, women. All right. If you'll hang tight, we'll have you back here at the end here. When we come back next, we're going to talk to Iowa's governor, who's been paying attention, obviously, to the president's trade war with China here and the financial impact it's having on the producers. Hear what she says, what is happening here, and what should happen next with that. We'll hear from the governor next. President Donald Trump's trade and tariff war with China has lasted more than a year now, and China has recently announced it's not buying any more U.S. agricultural products. China is the fourth largest consumer for U.S. farmers, so that's a huge loss, obviously, for the state. At least short term, the president has not convinced Congress also to pass that new NAFTA, that U.S.-Mexico-Canadian agreement. Well, I talked to that was Governor Kim Reynolds about what all this means for our state, what it's doing, and she says, yes, it's having an impact. It's maybe slowing just a little bit, so we're watching it, but we're still seeing growth and there's still optimism. It's still, and you hear me say this all the time, it comes down to workforce. Workforce, workforce, workforce. And so we are just hitting it from every possible angle that we can, not only skilling and upskilling, but bringing people to the state of Iowa. So, um, you know, we're going to continue to focus on that. We're rolling out Future Ready Iowa. We'll do probably be, by the time we get done, 30 Future Ready Iowa summits that are really being driven by the employers this time in communities all across the state to start to make sure everybody is aware of the opportunities that exist and how they can play a role in it. Last year when we were here at the fair, we started talking about this trade war, so it's yep. clearly gone on for a while now with this latest yep. thing with with China. How much, particularly when you get outside of Des Moines, yep. can you explain or maybe measure people's patience, mm -hmm. tolerance, when for most of us we're thinking, all right, if I buy a TV, if I buy a car, maybe I'm gonna pay a little bit more money, but if I'm a producer, if I'm a farmer in particular, yep. and I'm thinking, I just lost a big market coming up when yeah. corn and beans are already stressing me out with the money I get back from this. So what is their, what's their patience level right What now? they're saying and what I am saying, you know, this is a setback. We need to get them back to the table. We need to move forward. But there's something that they can do right now, that Congress can do right now, and that is um, ratify the USMCA. And so when I talk to farmers and when I talk to manufacturers and small businesses, this is something that they can do right now. And we've talked to the congressional uh, delegation to encourage them to talk to Speaker Pelosi to say, 
go to the floor. I know it will pass if we have the opportunity to let it go for a vote. Uh, Canada and Mexico are our number uh, one and two trading partners. 50% of our ag and 50% of our manufactured goods go to those two countries. So that alone would open new markets. It modernizes the trade agreement and it brings stability and predictability. Uh, and, and, and still we have to be working you know, on China the whole time. But that is something that we can do right away that can provide stability. Mexico's already done it. I think Canada's watching. But you know, let's get that done and continue to get back to the table with Canada. We're watching it very closely but that, and that's what I'm hearing from farmers too this latest setback is not good but we need to get them back to the table is it we've covered you a few years now yep. um, in your career fair to say you're generally an optimist is that true I am but I'm also a realist um, but I am I, I, I want to you know I, somebody's got to drive that positive momentum and keep it going I guess what I'm wondering is if when we're in settings like this when we ask you about trade war tariffs all those kind of things which fundamentally you've never come out and said hey let's have a trade more let's no. I, I, you know not um, are we are you behind the scenes as optimistic as you are when you're in public yeah because I have an opportunity this administration is one of the most accessible administrations I have ever seen and you'll hear that from both parties that's just not a Republican dealing with a Republican president governors across the state have the opportunity to get in front of this administration and the cabinet and so I want to make sure because I have that access that I'm accurately reflecting the people that I represent and so I spend a lot of time talking to our commodity groups talking to individual farmers small farmers are facing a little bit more uncertainty than some of the larger ones so they still believe that we have to hold China accountable but it's hard but they're taking the long view now you know if this if we're still talking about this you know six months or a year from now it might be a different story but right now and I check all the time because I don't want to misrepresent uh, Iowans when I have an opportunity to get in front of this administration and the cabinet and so I'm, I'll, I'll, I'm going to be here every day at the Iowa State Fair. I'll have an, an opportunity to talk to a lot of farmers and producers and manufacturers and just, you know, kind of get a sense of where they're at right now and how they feel about the latest set, setback. It's months a year. That could be the third straight harvest, so we'll see what kind of impact that could have. Now, as you could probably tell, we talked to her at the fair, right? So when we come back, she's going to share a little bit about her split duties when she's at the fair. We'll hear that next. Today, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds will be at the State Fair. She's there every day, sometimes in her official duties, sometimes for family. So I asked her what she's doing during this 11-day fair, but first she wanted to apologize because right earlier before we started talking, we both got soaked. I usually try to have my hair in a little bit better place when I do something like this, but uh, here it is. So, uh, as you the know, John Edwards used to get like $400 haircuts yeah, and all this. I, I did, I did this. this, so you know, it's, yeah. it is what it is. It's right. the real Kim. <laughs> but um, so, as the governor, I do the governor's deer show. We do a lot of exhibits. I'm in every one of the barns. Uh, we are all over the place. I eat as much of the great fair food that I can. I walk a lot to offset it. As a grandma, we do the same thing. I get to experience it and make memories with my grandchildren. I uh, love going down the giant slide. They always count on us to take them on the ride. So grandma buys the the bracelet so we can take all of the kids on the rides. Um, but we also do the big bull, the big, the big, uh, uh, Everything that they have. <laughs> Everything's big. <laughs> Everything that they have. So we take it all in. We cover the campgrounds. We have a, we cover the grounds. We have a lot of fun. Uh, if, for those who are visiting for the first time, we'll have a lot of them here. Yeah. Um, have you sampled any food yet? Did you pay attention to what the new stuff is? I've already tried one new thing, and it's the um, I think it's the Berkshire 
uh, bacon ball at the bacon box. Mm. I highly recommend it. I think there's like nine pieces of bacon in it and bacon cheese. And they also have a lemonade uh, kind of dreamsicle type thing that's delicious. I'm going to have the grandkids try that because it is it was very good. So uh, I'm off and going. I'm ready to go. All right, we talk about Iowa nice in this state, right? Well, we come back, meet an Ankeny woman, and she'll tell us the real reason she let Amy Klobuchar have a campaign event on the farm. Friends, neighbors, and strangers gathered around, and Democrat Amy Klobuchar stood before him to give her speech. They had more than 150 people there gathering this past week on the Grippians family farm just north of Ankeny. Now, this family likes Klobuchar, but is not committed to supporting her in the February caucuses. Instead, they said the Klobuchar campaign needed somebody who had a farm to host this campaign event, and their neighbor couldn't do it. So they agreed to do it, but there was a condition here, even though it meant that a few hundred neighbors and strangers and staffers and all the media would be walking all over the place. So what's the reason? You want the serious answer? Yes, I do. Uh, we have three children getting married in the next nine months, and we could use the farm cleaning with all the soldiers helping yeah, out. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So this is a prerequisite to yeah, the first yeah, wedding. Yeah. <laughs> you have three children all getting married in nine months? Yeah, September, September 21st. The first, the oldest son, like, put it off, put it off, put it off, put it our, off. Our and, oldest daughter had been married for 10 years. 15. 15 years. And he finally decided to get engaged. And once he got engaged. Ting, ting, ting. <laughs> Free labor to get the place ready. Governor Weld's back with the Insiders Quick Sex next. Back for the Insiders Quick Six with Governor Weld here. Question one, Governor, should we see politicians' tax returns when they run for office, and will we see yours? Yeah, you'll see mine in a couple of weeks, the last uh, six years, uh, and I don't see why not. I checked my privacy at the door a long time ago, and I'm comfortable with that decision. All right, question two, you talked about uh, the president's uh, tax cuts and the debt and all that before. Can you give us one thing you would change in our current tax laws if you're president? Uh, I would uh, try to make uh, the burden falling on the bottom 20% uh, fairer than it is now. I think our, our poor are too poor and the rich are too rich and we've got to make damn sure we've got to increase the earned income tax credit and make sure the door to the middle class is not slammed in the face of the working poor. I emphasize working. Uh, question three, when is the earliest you think it's realistically possible to balance the federal budget? I think it'll take a few years, but you know, when I was governor, I cut spending in real dollars in year one, uh, beyond a balanced budget, surplus budget. And uh, you know, I was voted the most fiscally conservative governor in the country. I don't think it'll take as long as it took to fight World War II, which is five years, put it that way. All right, question four, if you don't beat Donald Trump in the primary, would you vote for him in 2020? Never, under no circumstances. Uh, question five, do you expect the Iowa Republican Party to give you a fair shake to compete in the caucuses? I'm sure it'll be fair, but uh, as we were discussing earlier, uh, it's not my plan to conduct my campaign by appealing to the state Republican parties. They're essentially the Trump organization in every one of the 50 states. So I want to enlarge the size of the electorate. I'll be respectful towards the party brass. But, uh, you know, when I ran for governor in Massachusetts, I ran against the uh, uh, endorsed candidate of the party and was way behind, 45 points behind in the summer. 
And I would go to anything, the opening of an envelope, and I did it, and probably the only two days I was ahead was primary day and election day. All right, we always end the show with a prediction. What do you have? I predict that uh, President Trump, who to my eye is constantly wrestling with his own demons, uh, is going to become visibly more unhinged uh, as uh, the weeks and months go by. And at some point, uh, the country is going to take a sniff and say, we're not so sure that this uh, kind of uh, desperate uh, effort to divide the country is a good thing. And I predict that in 2020, he's going to go down because of that. And uh, maybe even by a wide margin, and that if the Republican Party doesn't disavow his tactics and his statements on race, they're going to be the party of racism and they're going to suffer massive losses not seen since the era of Dick Nixon in 1974. All right, Governor Bill Weld, Republican running for president. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Thanks You Dave. and I are both headed to the fair. We'll right. see you there.